Welcome to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. At Evolution NHS, we are committed to helping people and NHS organisations realise their potential. Our goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals, building trust to make doing business easier. We collaborate with NHS organisations to help them build high-performing digital teams. We are achieving this by creating and sharing insights into ever-evolving NHS and digital industries best practice. Um, I'm Alex today from Evolution Recruitment and today I'm your host. Today I'm very kindly joined by Leonardo Tanteri, Richard Irvine and Aaron Linden. Today we are discussing all the great things happening at West Yorkshire ICB at the moment, the challenges and the innovations for the future. With that being said, I'd like to go over to the panel and have some introductions. So if I could come to yourself, Leonardo, first, if you could introduce yourself and what your role is uh, at the organisation, that'd be great. Thank you very much, Alex, and uh, nice to be here with uh, colleagues from the Integrated Digital Services team. My name is Leonardo Tantari. I'm the Chief Digital Information Officer for Leeds City Council, but also for the NHS Integrated Care Board in Leeds. Um, I have a joint role, uh, so I lead a team of uh, over 400 people and is composed by um, colleagues which works both in the authority, in the local authority, but also colleagues which work for the West Yorkshire ICB. Amazing. Thank you so much, Leonardo. Um, Aaron, I'm going to come to you next, if that's okay. Uh, thanks, Alex. I'm Aaron Linden, and I'm currently the Head of Information Management and Governance with Leeds City Council. Uh, my role also currently covers uh, Leeds Place Integrated Care Board and the local GPs as well. So Thank my you. background is naturally uh, information governance, data protection, records management and freedom of information. Although I actually started in risk management in a previous life with business continuity and emergency planning, so I'm very risk aware. Amazing. Thank you so much, uh, Aaron. And, and last but certainly not least, uh, Richard, over to yourself. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Richard Irvin, and I'm the Chief Data Officer for NHS West Yorkshire ICB and, and, and with a remit that stretches across Leeds to Council, and, and that's part of the overall integrated digital service. Um, uh, in terms of background, I've had a, a reasonably varied career that started in accountancy prior to moving into local government, and I moved into a national NHS role about 10 years ago, uh, and then into my current role in 2022, where I lead the Office of Data Analytics. Amazing. Thank you so much for all, all your introductions, and I'm really excited to hear the topics that we've uh, we've set around this. So I'm going to start off straight away, really. Um, one of the, the discussions that we wanted to talk about was essentially what is the current priorities right now Leeds has and what challenges do you potentially face? Because I think our listeners will be really interested to see how other organisations may face the same challenge yourself and how are you actually succeeding in overcoming them objectives? So I want to come to you f- yourself, Leonardo, first from your perspective and, and also open it out to you to, to also Aaron and Richard as well. But to you, Leonardo, first from your perspective, um, what are your current challenges and how are you overcoming them? So um, we are on our third year in terms of uh, our integrated digital services uh, journey. And we spent uh, quite a considerable amount of time on focusing on creating the digital, the city digital strategy for the place of Leeds. And of course, working very closely as well with uh, West Yorkshire ICB. Um, we are um, primarily focused in Leeds as, as a place, but as I mentioned, we work uh, very, very closely with uh, West Yorkshire and the colleagues over there. So um, our our city strategy, as you would expect for a, a city of the size of Leeds, um, is focused on problems or challenges that you find also in other city in, in the UK. So um, we have a, a particular focus on ensuring that uh, population and citizens are on the journey of digital. So that digital inclusion agenda and that agenda of reducing inequality and uh, is really big for us and is big for the entire region. And that is something that we are also working very closely with our colleagues at West Yorkshire. And indeed, we do share our 100% digital uh, team, which focus on digital inclusion with uh, colleagues at West Yorkshire as well. So that is one of the primary focus, and that is ensuring that uh, um, citizens, uh, um, families, and uh, people really have an opportunity to use digital and therefore get on the digital ladder, getting better jobs, and, and that helps with reducing inequality, reducing poverty, etc., etc. And let's face it, after a, um, COVID-19, we're still uh, in um, 
in a period where there's still uncertainty and from an economic perspective. So that is very big for us in the on um, on the agenda. Another big topic for us in the city of uh, of Leeds and for our integrated digital services team is uh, ensuring that we uh, provide that uh, infrastructure and um, that again enable uh, citizen to use services and digital services and therefore there is a lot of focus on ensuring that we have that uh, services digital services and they are accessible by citizens within the city and alongside that of course we have initiatives which relates to automation interoperability and indeed there is a fantastic a large amount of work that we are doing both within the authority and also within west yorkshire icb as well in leads related to for example uh, deployment of new finance system new hr system deployment of artificial intelligence like copilot etc etc data is also another big part uh, of the city digital strategy which you will hear more from uh, richard uh, in a moment so that is uh, very big for us in ensuring that uh, we can take decisions which are based on data on facts and which is important on anything we do and um, and alongside those we have a big agenda as well with which is about ensuring that people have the right skills so we i championed quite a bit that uh, we um, create a digital academy within our 100% um, digital team so that we ensure that we train not only our, our colleagues but also the citizen in uh, in the city of Leeds so we have um, all the typical challenges that you would expect for a size of um, of, of Leeds as a city so in terms of uh, interoperability challenges on on cities getting on uh, the right digital ladder and accessing services but um, i'm pleased to say we have a, a very competent team a very significant team which is making a, a significant difference within the city and we started very much on the topics of uh, automation interoperability digital inclusion skills accessing data etc etc so the portfolio is quite large amazing thank you so much Dino. and one uh, one key message there you spoke about was data and data sharing and i think that that comes on to potentially the next um topic obviously a lot of ics are talking at moment around how we can share data and the benefits from that um, richard from your position would you like to talk a bit about what you guys at leads are doing the benefits you're seeing but also the challenges that you're obviously going to be facing on a day-to-day -day basis uh, yeah thanks alex and and, and just to um, sort of uh, reference Leonardo's points. Look, the priorities of Leeds are, are perhaps no different from uh, from other areas across the country. Um, just to give some context, uh, the profile of our population is getting older. That's that that that, that doesn't come as a surprise. Uh, but we have um, high levels of in, in inequality across the city. So we've got really affluent areas of uh, of the city, but but they really contrast with the 26% of our our people who live in the 10% most deprived. Their areas nationally, and, and when you think about uh, our, our younger generations, it's 33% living in that in that lower decile. So you, you know this this is the, these are the environments in which our our, our children are are growing up in, and we're challenged also through high cost of living. We're coming out of a pandemic. Uh, we've got increasing demand for NHS services. So that brings us round to you know how how are we tackling that? And and with the finite resources across Leeds to Council and the NHS in Leeds, you know, we, we need to make sure that we target those needs and we 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 apply services to the areas that 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 that, that, that are the most uh, that most require. And and a lot of that is we are seeing is being driven through evidence which is uh, which is really novel and, and, and it's really brilliant to see. Um and and the steps that we're taking, uh, I I think, continue to add value. So we, we we're sort of supporting uh, those services through uh, uh, through through augmented use of data and insight. Our products are becoming much more intelligent. Um, use of data spot identification of need uh, is increasing, um, and and we're seeing that data and insights that that we create are being used as part of our planning round, um, and you're seeing that on a on a much more widespread basis. Um, so 
um, and, and, and sort of some of the evidence that, that, that comes back to us. We have our leaders in the city who are talking about data more and more. It's, it, it, it's becoming a rich fabric uh, and, and use of evidence to, 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 to drive decision making is commonplace just across a range of disciplines. So you see, you know, you, you go to a board meeting or a steering group or, 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 or even when you're dealing with, with, with uh, activity on the ground. It's usually rooted in data. There's some some form of uh, insights that that, that 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 provide that that benchmarking or or, or that uh, uh, or, or that um, that predictive analysis that will tell us where we need to be or where, or where we need to be going. Um, so uh, you, you know, I, I I think this is this is this will become increasingly critical. And the challenge for us is is how then do we um, uh, get our arms around uh, better curation of data, better presentation of intelligence, and put it into the hands of those who need it in a much more timely and efficient way. So all of our challenges sort of sit around uh, sit around that, but 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 looking looking pretty good. Yeah, and that, that's why I was going to. It probably stems back to, to COVID days, doesn't it? When um, data in the NHS has, has never been more important now, probably from stemming from from possibly that kickoff so how do you keep up with the demand richard like how, how do you have a uh, a strategy because the demand's only going to increase isn't it probably that's a fair comment to say how as an organization do you think you'll be able to keep up with that demand yeah so a lot of this is um th- there's something about uh our, our the development of our our, our brilliant people uh, there's there's something to say about the underpinning technologies that we use uh, and and i, I want to touch on automation um but uh, so, so first of all, look, we've we've got a finite workforce uh, within the Office of Data Analytics. We're supported by uh, a range of colleagues across uh, across the integrated digital service, um, and we look at this as, as 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 one team for the city. And and those economies really give us the the scale and breadth that we need. Um, added to that, um, as we as we um, grow our capability. We're also needing to develop the workforce as well, and that's a critical part of our strategic development. So, how do we how do we bring the right talented people together, give them the skills that they need, and give them the space they uh, they require to be able to innovate and 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 design new ways of uh, of, of flowing and, and and flowing data so it can be exploited in the right areas. So, so there's something about our people there. Um, about a year ago, we made a we we, we stepped forward and started using uh, Azure capabilities. So we're using um, uh, cloud technologies, and we're really seeing the scalability and the elasticity of of, 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 of that capability. And it's really driving the way we work. So that gives us uh, a, a much richer benefit. Um, and I, I guess that the, the last thing to mention is 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 that. Uh, it, 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 it is that focus on automation. So if we want to become more efficient, we have to remove the manual and crafted practices of, of curating data. If a machine can do it, allow the machine to do it. And we're starting to build some efficiencies, not just within our service, but within the wider uh, within the wider organizations through um, taking some of the uh, manual effort out of the work we're doing. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Aaron, I'd like to come to yourself if that's okay. Just want to, to hear about your thoughts around what we've spoken about so far. And um, also, I think within your remit, obviously, IG plays a really big perspective into this. Whenever it comes with data within the NHS, obviously, it's got to be safe and secure, but also accessible and, and the challenges around that. So I'd like to hear your thoughts force around what we've discussed so far, but also where you come to play with that and that aspect and how that comes into fruition, basically. We, well, yeah, I think we're very lucky in a way we get a unique insight because with information governance you know we've got a couple of respons- different responsibilities we are public facing mm. we in essence deliver services to the public through responding to fy requests and subject access requests so we being that front line we want to automate we want to digitize we want to give the public that ease of access but behind the scenes also we need to make sure that that's safe so for me, like the priorities is, is that public trust. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that's key in how we do that and how we speak to people. I think um, obviously Leonardo touched on some of the, the challenges that we're experiencing. And one I would say is you could word it as a skill sh- shortage, but largely it's to do with the pace of change and mm-hmm. in, in itself as well. And the, the pace of change to develop from a digitization perspective, but also 
more so from the information governance perspective in relation to the legislation and the industry practice. Um, we are limited to a certain extent um, with working with legislation that was started to be talked about 10 years ago that came into place five years ago. And I'm probably, you know, not giving exact dates and that type of thing, but it's based on the past, whereas digitization is based on, you know, even for the future. So we have to work within those restrictions, which can be hard. But, you know, that, that world's changing a little bit. Legislation will evolve. And we want to push the boundaries from an information governance perspective. We want to look forward. We want to see that things change. And that even within legislation and best practice, what's reasonable in one decade, you know, it doesn't mean it's not reasonable in future decades as well. So I think we really try to, to push for with work with that. And we really try to prioritise what we're working on to support the areas that's, that's, worth, um, that's been pushed from a data perspective. Okay. And on that, is there, what are the key areas that are the priorities right now for, for you as an organisation? That's a question for you, Richard or Leonardo. From a data perspective, what are the priorities? What sit with you, yourselves as a priority? Well, um, from, from a data point of view, um, a priority, of course, is to continue on the journey of announcing um, how data is utilized, how data is embraced, how we can take more decision on data. But also, as Richard mentioned, there is an element of technology and automation. So the priority uh, on that side um, is really to automate more, to ingest, for example, data more in an automated fashion, which of course touches on topics like data sharing agreement and working more closely with um, other providers within the city and also regionally or a country level as as well. And mm. uh, with that comes also learning, learning for uh, um, for colleagues in the Office of Data Analytics, which uh, I can expand on in terms of uh, new technology, but also learning in terms of how to use that data for colleagues which are consuming, consuming that data and um, and of course when it comes also to uh, data um the the big topic at the moment which you hear everywhere is artificial intelligence and uh, part of artificial intelligence as well like uh, machine learning deep learning and cognitive services as well which uh, is becoming more and more um in area as well which we are expanding on not only from an artificial intelligence perspective point of view only, but also from a tech point of view. I don't know if you, Richard, want to add anything more on that. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll supplement by by saying from a um, from, from you know our our, our, our needs are, are those of our our people, uh, the populations yeah. of Leeds, and um, and and if we want to make um, data or insights more useful then we need to put data into the hands of those uh, those uh, those organisations and those professionals and practitioners and clinicians who use that data, who deal with uh, with, with our, our people day to day. So there's something about, are we, are we opening our access to data at the right time with the right cadence? Uh, are we, are we giving the, the, the insights that will be enabling, um, and we, how, how are we supporting data literacy across the city? So, so data can be complex and to, to, to a large extent, we've got lots and lots of data, but unless we organize that properly, um, in a coherent way that can be used by, by individuals for good, then we've, 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 we're, we're losing out. So there's something about, um, access and promoting that, that literacy of, uh, and, and, and use of data and, Leonardo touched on um, on some of the more innovative uses, and that's really exciting to us. And as a city, we're really good at knowing what's what, what what's happening now, or or what happened a month, or two months, or 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 six months ago. Where we're not good at, and where we're getting towards is what will happen under certain circumstances. So when we talk about um, new innovating innovative services, when we talk about servicing our population and and, and providing that preventative or or that sort of upstream um, uh, activity that, that that's going to improve lives, that's going to stop people hitting the health and care system, um, then we absolutely need to get into that that ability of predicting who will become unwell, 
which families are going to express particular needs or or, or where where we can act early to make a to, to, to make a difference and, and and that's absolutely where we're getting to and and, and the uh and, and the extent of the integrated digital service as, as, as a as a full team is helping to enable um, that 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 sort of that strategic movement so that we can we can be that expert service that we want to be i think it's amazing that you can you know say that as, a, as an organization because not every ic ics or icb can say that at the moment and i think it's great you make a sort mm. of strive towards towards that so you know credit yeah. where, where absolutely credit is due uh, one thing that i'd like to, to go on to and it's already been spoken about i don't think it yeah. can't not be spoken about in the nhs moment is ai emerging yeah. technologies innovations and you know it's yeah. such a I hear it every day. I'm sure you guys do. I'd be really keen to get an understanding from from your perspective of what you think AI could do. Is it going to sit within the NHS? Are the benefits there? An over over sort of overall view of how you think it may impact your organisation. So Leonardo, I'm going to come to you first. I know you're yeah. passionate around emerging tech and and the, yeah. you know the, the next best thing. I know from obviously speaking to you in the past is something you're passionate about. So so what do you think AI can do for the NHS? Let me start there. AI can do a lot if used correctly as any any technology uh, as any any tools right but um, it i should um, i should start saying that ai is um, probably it's not completely new because it's been around for a while but the advances in technologies have enabled a much wider and scale up use of ai which we were not uh, able to take advantage of before Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, AI has a number of use cases. Um, certainly, it can uh, augment my view is um, the work that colleagues do, uh, particularly on the front line. So um, it's something that I'm really passionate of, and that uh, I've written a number of articles as well on um, on uh, on social media. So um, and it is already with us and we are all already using AI, even down to when we purchase things, uh, whether it is drugs or something else we need at home, the likelihood is that we are talking to an AI or a machine learning algorithm which helps to support decision-making and to the organization which is uh, providing us uh, those services. So we really need to embrace AI, and there is a lot of uh, vibe at the moment, both in, in general in the public sector, but particularly in in the NHS. And um, for us, in um, uh, in the integrated digital services, we have been one of the first uh, organization to um, embrace the uh, beta program of Microsoft Copilot. So we are testing it at the moment, and that help, uh, uh, for example, colleagues to uh, summarize emails, mm-hmm. to summarize uh, team calls, and but also helps to create reports. It helps to actually analyze a vast, large amount of data, which we already possess, as Richard has already mentioned, because we are very much rich when it comes to database, how we utilize it. And we are seeing uses of AI, which are also creative and um, goes beyond the traditional ways of working, which can be also a concern, which I'm sure Aaron can, uh, can expand on. So um, we are we are using Copilot, but we started already, already through the Office of Data Analytics to work with uh, machine learning, and uh, indeed we also started the work on creating some of our large language model as a prototypes augmented with uh, um, health-related data. So it's an exciting work. It can provide assistance to GP and practices, like for example, uh, summarizing the condition of the patients, which we already have the technology, we're already using and testing it uh, within the integrated digital services. It uh, We are testing uh, AI to recognize uh, um, voice, voice and trans, uh, transfer uh, voice to text and then summarize further the text. And we can do that through multiple languages as well combined languages, which will be a tremendous help to the NHS for consultation, colleagues which work in the acute hospital, 
colleagues which work in primary care, secondary care, mental health, community health, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we also um, um, piloting, uh, particularly co-piloting other AIs produced by um, typical providers like Microsoft, Google, AWS, et cetera, um, to actually recognize patterns, to recognize trends, and that becomes incredibly helpful when we need to do population health management related analysis for which the, the guys in the office of data analytics led by Richard Irwin are, um, are superb at the job uh, and that um, they do on a day-to-day -day basis. So AI will continue to uh, to increase in popularity and adoption. Um, so from in primary care, but also in secondary care, where we already have AI which can diagnose cancer, can review, for example, X-ray and images. So we are already trialing a lot of that technology alongside other technology like automation or robotic process automation. So it has the ability to really, my view for the future is the ability to really become your virtual assistant, not necessarily to replace um, uh, consultants or people, but just to augment their capability, right? To have access to data incredibly quickly, to interpret a large amount of data that sometimes uh, we, um, a single person or a team cannot do that um, very quickly. And the forum has the ability to increase accuracy, increase quality. But at the same time, uh, and you know, we are very, while we are very passionate about all of these, and we are trying some of, the, of this tech, including uh, OpenAI, um, a large language model, including Bard's duet from Google, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, what I keep reminding um, colleagues and people when I have the opportunity to talk about the subject is responsible use of AI. Mm. We still need to uh, be in charge of what AI produces. It's fine at the moment to be a, an augmentation, or, or as Microsoft calls it, a co-pilot for you. Um, but there are, of course, concerns in terms of uh, the data is used to take decision, particularly when AI proposes a decision which needs to be reviewed by human being. A typical example would be, which I'm sure uh, Aaron and Richard can jump in, would be AI in the way that it diagnoses cancer for mm -hmm. images. If AI overdiagnoses, it's not too bad because some cases might be proven not to be cancerous. But if it goes the other way around, and then might be might be more concerned. Equally, if AI proposes messages and uh, how the messages are actually structured and influenced, so it brings a lot of uh, challenges which uh, particularly from a data governance point of view, Aaron, from an IG point of view, are something which we need to look into. So I don't know if you want to respond a little bit more on that, Aaron. Over to you, Aaron. Yeah, sure. No, no I mean, the, the, the main crux of the point is um, in terms of that automated decision-making and in terms of the rights that people have under UK GDPR at the moment uh, and to, to not be subjected to that and obviously the transparency in relation to that. And the, the difficulty is that restriction itself. So that limits the ability to allow decisions, although that's probably a pretty damn good safeguard in the short term um, until you know AI does develop with some more uh, trust in relation to it. But I think with, with information governance, and that's the, uh, the information governance isn't new, AI is, and like so the, the European Union, they're trying to work in relation to an AI act and that will give, it will provide a framework. Whereas the UK government currently aren't looking to do that. Uh, they've published a white paper on it and they're looking into using existing measures to, to police and to, to govern AI. So that naturally will leave some, some gaps. So that leaves uncertainty of what you can and can't do. And I think that leaves an element of risk in itself. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Richard, is there anything you'd like to add from your obviously your data hat on? Yes. Thank, thanks. Uh, thanks, Alex. I won't. Um, I won't repeat uh, either what Leonardo or or Aaron have said, and I'll, I'll leave the um, some of the uh, 
productivity, efficiency uh, push to Leonardo on. Uh, uh, but, but what I will uh, talk about is where we are now, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, we, we've done some early work around AI and mainly uh, mainly machine learning, predictive analysis, and, and and it's going really well. And and what you've got within the within our services is some excitement about where we can take uh, uh, where we can take that. So, early models are things like predicting how many people will require acute unplanned care through the winter based on their use of general practice uh, through the summer and autumn, uh, or or what capacity we might need across adult social care, same four weeks time based on those coming into contact now. So, so those are the kinds of use cases we're, we're seeing. But actually, as we start um, developing those models and seeing insights come out of them, it, it's more ideas sparking up, and with and and you, you've almost got that curiosity and that that you know, inquisitiveness within the team that's saying, but, "But we could do this as well." The, the the point remains that this is this is about guiding decision making. So whilst this will give us a um, a, a, a breadth of knowledge around um, a, around sort of prescriptive activity, it always needs to root back to those who are who 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 are. Uh, dealing with 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 people or members of the public, um, but what I do want to say is that uh, we're not really we're not just constrained to work across the NHS. So in conversation, it, it, it's becoming an everyday thing. So this morning, I was um, I was talking to colleagues um, as we were working through some of the opportunities around our smarter cities activity, which is effectively putting. Um, uh, um, sensors or, or, or the ability to bring um, near real-time messaging about the fabric of our city could be air quality, could be temperature, humidity, uh, and, and so on and so forth. And 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 you've got that real spark of, um, of 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 sort of innovation that comes out because we talk about this kind of stuff all the time, but it's it's almost infectious. And and, and so this morning it was about oh could we if we if we put flood monitoring or rainfall gauges upstream from a, a flood area could we um would it help us to understand which houses we might need to clear or which which areas of the city by 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 sort of uh, swelling rivers we might need to where uh, we might need to clear and, and stuff like that is is, is is that's gold dust because once we start to get uh, people across the city it doesn't matter whether it's health or whether it's it, it's care or whether it's environmental issues once this becomes the fabric that we talk about, and the way that we want to go, then data can do that and we can explore those opportunities. Half of our challenge is getting those candidates out there that have real life use and, and bringing them to life. And, and and we're starting to see some of that. So there's something around adoption requires a bit of a, it, it's a pull and push. And yeah. Leonardo's described how we as, uh, you know, we, 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 we and particularly Leonardo, it's absolutely on the front foot of, of pushing that capability out. Um, but the, the 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 real promise for us is 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 where it's being pulled, where it's mm. being pulled from services and and and, and our our our, our organisations across the city. And that's where we've got a real rich landscape of innovation. Um, so I, I, that, that's all I wanted to add. Yeah, and I hope I'm not adding a curveball in it, but what, what um, so when RPA came to light, a lot of people got worried about, I think it's a cultural thing, oh, well, RPA is now going to take my job. Now, do you think people worried the same about AI? Is that a sense that across the NHS, people were worried sort of emerging technologies like this, worried that these sort of technologies take roles, or do people see it as, a, as really positive to actually people who do tasks that maybe AI could do could then work, move on to something much more uh, meaningful. Is that the sense that you feel with AI, or do you still think there'll be a sense of, hang on a second, is this technology going to come in and, and take my job? Like there was with RPA, there's a lot of hesitancy and concerns around that. What, what do you think, Leonardo or, or Richard? You both nodding. Um, so every, every new technology creates yeah. uh, some form of uh, anxiety, and we have seen it also through Industrial Revolution when uh, robotization came through, and to some extent uh, uh, that happens. But I would, I would like to add. I believe actually that is more about changing the way we do things. Mm. I, if I, if I may use an example, I remember, I remember when uh, the first word processor came about, and um, we used the word processor to actually write things. Yeah. 
And then eventually we actually um, worked out that uh, our computer can do spell check for us. So we started to call to use computers to check the work we were doing. So to, to check the spelling, the grammars of um, what we were writing. We were writing, we were doing a lot of the work and we were using machine to check the spelling and the grammar. AI has the capability uh, to reverse that. So AI can write for us and us as human, as people need to check what is being written. So it's almost reversing that position, all right? And I find it more interesting because we are, instead of reviewing, we're moving, instead of reviewing uh, or using AI to review the quality of what uh, we have written, we, we go the other way around. We need to review the decision-making that AI can be proposing. So yes, there is an element of fear of what AI can do. And for example, we hear colleagues when they when they see AI summarizing meetings, what will be the impact to uh, personal assistants, to PAs, etc. But at the same time, we also know that um, writing a document or analyzing a large amount of data, AI can do that very quickly. And it's something that perhaps could take hours and weeks and months to do, uh, AI can actually do very quickly, but it still needs someone to check. So we are moving to a brave new world where we have to check on the decision instead of of almost uh, um, having the machine checking what we have written as we used to do in the past. So yes, there is some there are some element of fear. It will change the way we work. It will augment what we do. It will make us faster, more efficient. And of course, as any technology, we'll have to adapt in the way we use it. It will change uh, our jobs. It will change how we go about things. The important thing, again, is to go back to that responsible use of AI and ensure that uh, we do it responsibly, that ethically it is used correctly, that is not biased, for mm. which, again, I go back to the point of data. Um, so it is as good as um, the data that it access to and the way that it has been trained. And that is where we need to do still a lot of work. Mm. Right. So there will be new jobs that, uh, that will emerge in the space of AI, data science, machine learning, deep learning, cognitive services, etc., which would be amazing. There will be a need for retraining. As well, there will be tasks which were very manual, which will disappear, but they will not disappear completely. They will change. There will be still that element that humans need to check. And if you ask me, I prefer actually being the person to check the decision Instead of writing a long, tedious document or summarizing a long, te uh, tedious document, so I think it improves the quality also of our jobs. But inevitably, it's a change, and we need to um, support colleagues, citizens uh, through that journey and ensure that they are trained in uh, to use AI, and um, and everybody is ready to adopt that um, that change. But I stress again the point on data. So it is based on what data we have available, how we access it, etc. That is why uh, a lot of the work on machine learning that Richard and, uh, and his team is doing as part of the Office of Data Analytics. Amazing. Richard, would you like to add anything? Uh, yeah, just a couple of points. So, so I'd, I'd fully agree with and endorse what, what Leonardo said. Um, we talk about disruption in the tech and digital um, industry and 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 AI is 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 that it's a disruption. What it will um, invite us to do is to think about different ways of doing things. Can we do things more efficiently? Can we do things better? And, and Leonardo is spot on that, um, that that some of the jobs that exist now will go, and but they'll be replaced by by other things. And and actually, the the as as as, as technology develops, grows, as we innovate, as we create, as as as, the, as we become more sophisticated. The, the the way that we live our lives and the services that we can provide uh, and the services that we can offer our citizens across Leeds will will, will augment um, or, and and will there'll, there'll always be new challenges um, and and we'll always have those the, 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 those to face but actually this is this is a really powerful thing that will allow us to uh, to operate faster to treat people in a 
in a in a in an improved way that 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 meets their their aspirations about what good service looks like, but also will be able to find those those pockets of need in a in in in, in a much more robust and and um, and, and quicker way. And 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 it, it's fair to say that, and, and I think Leonardo made this point that AI doesn't just replace some of the routine stuff that we do now. It finds ways to do things that we weren't that weren't possible before. So, for example, when you can process data and you can draw out insights in the blink of an eye, that's something that was too much of a job previously. So we just didn't do it. So we've got to think about, you know, how um, I, I always think that, that, that this is a good thing. I, I absolutely accept uh, aspects around bias and ethics and, and all of those those challenging things that we absolutely do need to think about. But this is the, if you like, that next step in our evolution in terms of use of, of, of digital uh, capability. Amazing. Thank you so much, Richard. Is that, Alan, is there anything you'd like to add on, on that before we um, move towards the sort of latter stages podcast? Anything around AI you'd like to add? If anything, I, I want to talk around AI because AI is, is, is technology and I think that's obviously that's the focus of it. But remembering that whilst AI will propose decisions or make decisions, et cetera, it's still people, policy, procedure, and review round about it. Yeah. And I think that's the important part to remember that we're not putting our lives and decisions and, and hands into uh, computers and just letting it do what it wants to, to do. It's not like that at all. We need to make sure that we are aware of the, the risks, we're aware of the capabilities, uh, we're aware of the limitations, uh, and that's how we can make it a success. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate that. Okay, cool. Let's move on then. I'm just conscious of, of time. I know we could probably speak about AI for a separate whole podcast for probably a day, uh, which would be a, a good one, but let's move on. Um, essentially, looking forward now then, looking for the future, obviously, Leonardo, you said at the start, you know, you've had three years now of this organisation being, being built, essentially. And um, what excites you most about the future? So where do you think the organisation can go? Where do you think technology should come in? And what do you see? Where do you see your organisation adding most value to the city, almost? Leonardo, do you want to start with that? We can go back around the room again. Yes, sure. Thank you very much, Alex. Um, so we have a core set of programs which we are uh, on the way of delivering. Uh, some of those uh, include uh, um, continuing moving our services and infrastructure to the cloud. Uh, we have work underway to rebuild, uh, for example, our core websites in the local authority, but also wider in the NHS as well. Uh, we have introduced new technology um, like Power Apps last year. We are introducing AI now. And um, so we have uh, quite a large portfolio of activities which uh, is ongoing. And those will continue. And so, and uh, what they will deliver, what those uh, programs will deliver is very exciting and will transform the way that we work. So we are at the infancy, I would say, at the moment of creating uh, the new um, artificial intelligence uh, center of expertise or excellence, which will bring uh, quite significant differences in the way we, we work for the, based on discussion we also just had. But uh, the focus will be very much uh, on continuing the journey of enhancing that interoperability and uh, also um, in a way, merge, but perhaps that is the wrong word, but certainly integrate better the system that we have between providers within the city of Leeds and also regional level. And all the reason to work and focus on that is because we want to have a, a connected city. We want to have uh, connected people. We want to have connected citizens and um, communities that can access services anywhere, whenever they like. So a lot of the focus would be of moving some of the services to digital, as we are already doing, but also to provide them more 24-7. And this uh, means more focus on services which are in the cloud, which are mobile first, without, of course, losing that um, view of digital inclusion, that important aspect of ensuring that everybody can get on on the digital ladder. One big topic, particularly for the Office of the Data Analytics, is also to announce the way that um, we 
uh, forecast, predict, um, for example, admission, condition, etc. And for the way we use data needs to be focused more um, um, towards near real time, not real time, because that is a very hard, difficult to uh, things to achieve, particularly in, in ALF, but as near real time as much uh, um, as we can. So we will continue on that journey of uh, enhanced interoperability, integrated systems of records, but also there is uh, exciting work ongoing in formulating perhaps a platform for the cities, something that provide information and workflows to every citizens and community, which will be an expansion of uh, some of our core work, which we have done and we are proud of in Leeds. And you might have heard of Leeds Care Record and also programs like Yorkshire and Amber Care Record as well. So there is a lot uh, of work which will touch uh, touch on that. And for, for which, of course, uh, um, we will be deploying uh, new application, new services. We are uh, literally trialing a discharge to assess up in the city of Leeds, which has got a lot of momentum, also with our provider Microsoft, but also within other places as well within West Yorkshire. And that is just one example of a new technology that is coming. And of course, all of that technology will be augmented uh, by AI machine learning, which will be able to, of course, to um, to provide services that we never really had uh, had before. So um, it is about connecting more services, making available more services 24-7 through the use of new technologies, um, include more um, people through digital inclusion related programs, skilled up citizens and colleagues and staff to embrace that new world. Amazing. Thank you so much, Leonardo. Aaron, I'm going to come to yourself. Where do you see sort of you know, the next few years going within the organisation? I see it needing to push to progress, but almost timidly. Um, as I say, with the changing landscape with legislation, um, understand there's some things that are embedded, some things that will change. We need to be at the forefront. So we need to make sure that we do continue to push the technology advances, but we do the basics right. We make sure that we get the right people around the table. I think it's been beneficial working in an agile way recently, which we've tried to embed more, whereby we're getting people around the table that bring different perspectives. Like you mentioned before about you know keeping data safe and secure but accessible. That needs the security guy, the information guy, the, the user guy, and then the developer guy to sit around the table and say, right, what's your perspective? How can I understand your perspective? And how can I how can I create that? It's about doing that data protection impact assessment, identifying the risks, understand that risks are risks. It doesn't mean that things will happen. And if we can work with that, I think we'll put ourselves in a safe space to make sure we maintain those the public trust. At the same time, as I say, from our perspective, we are a frontline service as well. And we want to automate, we want to give greater access to information and by all accounts, AI and digitization is a way to, to do that, to make us sure our services are as, as, as good as what they possibly can be. Amazing. Thank you so much, Aaron. And, and last but not least, Richard, yourself? Uh, yeah, I, do, I, do, I, won't, uh, I won't try and repeat. Um, uh, Leonardo's already covered um, some of the uh, predictive capabilities and, and, and some of the... Uh, uh, the, the, the things that we're doing. Uh, I'll, I'll just look a bit wider than that. Look, there's yeah. so many opportunities that uh, uh, that we're seeking to develop as we go forward. Um, we, we, we've we've got a, a really strong reputation in Leeds for the way that we work across provider organisations. That integration with the uh, with the with, between Leeds City Council and the NHS in Leeds gives us that 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 scope and that scale to be able to um, to bring data together and link it across domains and to produce really rich insights. And uh, there's something that, that 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 I see us doing in in championing or, or lobbying. Um, national bodies to 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 allow that that um, uh, that connect to become much easier uh, within the confines of, of of policy and legislation. But looking beyond that, there's loads of stuff that we could do right across the NHS and and, and the council. There are a number of processes that uh, that that still are, are relatively manual. There's there's, there's there, we, we need we need to do 
as much as we can to drive out automation and efficiency and to give ourselves the the the, the value that we ought to do um, in terms of access we're increasingly making our products available to a wider audience and giving insights to uh, to so that across leads we can see the, the the current picture and we can start to model and predict what how how we how we ought to be delivering services uh, perhaps in alternate ways and um, we're working with with more and more partners which includes academia so we're talking about how we open open our products out in the right way with the right transparency and ethics to be able to enable really rich research you know we've got we've got um fabulous uh, academic institutions across the city and we need to leverage our our economic economic development in that space our cloud capabilities given loads and loads of opportunities um uh, for elasticity and scale so the way that we ingest data uh, from a wide variety of sources and and our our ability to to um to 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 grasp streaming capabilities means that we have richer faster data flows um this this huge potential in 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 opening our data out so we have um in leeds data mill north which is our and we've got leeds observatory which are our uh, open data capabilities but we as a resource so so leonardo service is it it is is we're 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 reasonably well uh um but you've got a thousand times that if you bring in the capability across the city so there are um 412,000 people in in of, of in work across Leeds and many of those work for digital organizations who've got the ability to innovate and to do brilliant things with data so why shouldn't we open our data out and allow that innovation and that creativity to happen so there's a large part of what we do that need that that, that we can broaden out and share that uh, and, and 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 share the load and and then um Leonardo touched on our work around being being a smarter city. We've taken steps around that. We're really, really well placed. We've got so much potential. So you've got, we're starting to see things like sensors around the city, looking at air quality, footfall, um, use of uh, use of the uh, of the resources available to us. We, we talk about remote monitoring in the NHS, and we need to do more of that. So, so this this ability for us to have near real-time flows of data that give us the insight around what's happening now so we can support our communities our services our people and in the way that they live their lives so this is this is really exciting for us as a city and and and, and we are so well placed at the heart of that to to enable some of that capability amazing i think it's a really good point to actually to end the podcast on and um, before we end the podcast i would like to say a, a massive thank you to all of our guests for sharing their thoughts and today's conversation and um, we've been very kindly joined by aaron linden leonardo tanteri and richard irvine and um, i really appreciate your insights today i know our listeners will find it really valuable so thank you very much for, for joining us today